Yes, guys. Hello. Welcome back to the Spurs Related audio podcast and YouTube channel. I hope you're doing very well this Sunday evening. And as always, we will be previewing the Premier League game upcoming, which is Monday Night Football, actually, this week. So your weekend wasn't completely ruined this weekend until maybe tomorrow, if you count that. But listen, before, without further ado, we've got, obviously, Andre, as always. Andre, how you doing? I'm doing well. I'm happy that my weekend was uh, stress-free in terms of Tottenham, but we'll see what happens tomorrow. Absolutely, Andre. Absolutely. And we've got a couple of familiar faces in terms of, uh, obviously, returning to... Well, the lane, if you like, uh, obviously Frank Lampard and and, and Deli Ali, um, you know, coming back to the lane after after only a couple of well, not even a month, is it? So um, that'll be interesting. Obviously, he'll probably get his pennies worth. But listen, we've also got a familiar face underneath us here. We have got Jack Burford, the main man himself. We had him on the podcast. God, I, I reckon it's been what six, seven, eight months, Jack. But uh, yeah, yeah, in the summer, still with Mourinho, and we were talking about uh, the. Uh, budget hoping that it would all turn around but uh, obviously we've got the main man Conte now so on to bigger and better things I think. Well yeah bigger and better things Jack but uh, yeah you know hopefully um, hopefully it is bigger and better things obviously a bit of inconsistency I say a bit of inconsistency that's an understatement <laughs> yeah. but listen Jack how are you doing anyway mate it's good to have you on. Oh I'm brilliant so happy to be on uh, looking forward to having a good chat about Tottenham hopefully we turn up this Monday Monday night football you know so yeah um, it's great to be back thanks for having me. No worries, Jack. I'm sure the Spurs Relatables will absolutely love you. We've already got a few of you in the chat. There's already 10, 15 of you in the live podcast, Jack. Very different settings to when we had you on in Zoom last time. But listen, let's yeah, wait. Yeah, very let's professional. Welcome... <laughs> let's <laughs> welcome someone. Oh, you're saying Zoom wasn't professional, Jack? <laughs> oh, no, I'm saying this is perfect. That's what I'm saying, Jack. <laughs> I'm joking. Either. Right, anyway, you've got Ian Army. As always, big yourself up. He says, Coys, and he's also saying not watching Tottenham on a weekend is so refreshing, but having to watch it on a late Monday <laughs> night, maybe worse. Yeah, absolutely. Yeah, we could actually get a, a week off to a bad start rather than the weekend. But listen, Gogeta's in here as well. Big yourself up, Gogeta. He says, my guys, Bobby Gay's in here. He says, why does that Andre guy sound funny? Is he Canadian? Low, big up, lads. Big yourself up, Bobby Gay, all the way over from Canada. <laughs> I hope you're having a nice afternoon, mate. you got a, you got a bit more of your data to uh, get panicky about Spurs tomorrow. And as always, got Ellie as well, says, good evening. Yes, uh, fine, lads. Let's go and smash uh, Everton. Yeah, let's smash Everton. Yeah, you know, stop crying, Frank Lampard. We'll love to sort of get on that bandwagon tomorrow evening. Oh. That would be absolutely brilliant. I'm actually there at the game tomorrow night. I'm actually going uh, for, for the first time in actually a couple of months, actually. And I'm actually going Manchester United away as well. Whoa. Um, to get the tickets there. I'm absolutely buzzing. First away game. I cannot wait. I, I I just cannot wait. It's just going to be unbelievable. Oh, but listen, I'll tell you what, that will be what a game. Yeah, absolutely, Jack. Absolutely. And um, listen, there's obviously uh, a few of you already in here. Please do hit that thumbs up button if you are enjoying the Spurs relate. I was about to say relatables content. Then Spurs related content and the Spurs relatables are in here enjoying it. So listen, could get to saying Delhi Ali Masterclass. Oh, don't time. say that. Go on, Jack, what do you think of that? Do you think it's a possibility? Uh, do you know what? With Deli Ali, we'll always say he's got so much talent. So it, you can't put it past him. He's a fantastic player on his day. But I do think tomorrow we've got to get one on Frank Lampard and I think we're going to be all right. I think we're going to have too much for them. We've got Ben Takor coming back. Um, and I think probably with Hoiberg, I think that's a strong midfield partnership. So I don't really see him having too much joy. But with Deli Ali, you never know. So I'm not going to say too much on that one. Yeah, absolutely. Yeah, absolutely, Jack. I mean, 
honestly, it would be Deli Ali not to turn up, obviously, for the first few games for Everton. Almost like we got rid of him off our books and then to come and haunt us, it would probably, oh. you know, I wouldn't I wouldn't put it off the cards. But listen, Ellie's saying a very good evening, lads. Let's go and smash, smash Everton tomorrow. My prediction is 3-1. We obviously get the predictions in nearer to the end of the podcast, but Ellie's putting our, uh, you know, our authority down straight away, 3-1. And I'm pretty spawn with them. Smash that like and subscribe button all spot on. Love that. Absolutely love that, Ellie, as always. Bobby K saying a Deli Ali masterclass is just a new hair dye in his hair. <laughs> don't get worried, lads. <laughs> oh, don't speak too soon, Bobby. <laughs> That's brilliant. And uh, get saying, I think the game might suit us. Everton will look to knock the ball around and we can hurt them in transitions, hopefully. I mean, listen, we've done all this, we've done all the research. I'd love to say we've done all the research. Andre, as always, has done all the research. He's he's researched the main players. I have in my head who I think the main players are. I'm sure Jack does as well. But listen. Um, just a very quick question to start things off. It's a question for the panel, a question for the chat. What do you guys fear about Everton the most? And I'm not talking player-wise. I'm talking maybe, you know, what do you think is their strongest point? Is it is it their counter-attacks? Is it their, you know, attacking play up front? Is it their solid midfield? Are we going to get out-muscled in midfield? I'm going to go over to Andre first on this one, and then we'll go to Jack. Well, I, I really do think that uh, their attack can be lethal. Defense-wise, not so much. It's kind of the same as ours. You know, we have some... For us, it's world-class players at the front, and then the further you go back, the worse the uh, sort of the quality gets. And uh, Everton seems to be the same way. You got Richarlison, you got Calvert-Lewin, Damari Gray, and then the, as you make your way down, it doesn't look very good. So, I, you know, it, it could be a very much a game that gets won in the midfield, I think, more so than anything. Um, and in terms of uh, players, well, I've got three that we've picked out that we'll talk in a bit. Yeah, absolutely, Andre. Yeah, exactly. The game could be one in midfield. I think it has done in the in the last few games, especially against Burnley, especially against Wolves when we got overrun by their three midfielders, their three centre mids against Winks and um, and Benton Kerr. It was absolutely shocking. But listen, uh, Jack, over to you on this one, mate. Uh, straight into the deep end on the questions. I'm sure you're, yeah. uh, you're sure you're well equipped tonight. But listen, what, no, what I love it. And honestly, I'm going to come from a different angle here, but I think our biggest threat, and I hate to say it, is Frank Lampard. He loves to get okay. one over Spurs. So I really think he's going to be up for this game. I think they've had, they started playing well against Man City last week, and I think they, they've really fancied themselves. So they're going to be up for it tomorrow night, especially on a Monday night under the lights of Spurs. Frank Lampard loves to try and get three points on us. Um, but you right. know what? Tomorrow, um, I, think, I think we're going to do him. I really do. I think we've got the quality. I think we need to show the board, we need to show Conte that we're, we're a big side still and we need to show the rest of the team. Like we saw Man United drop points today. Obviously, we saw Arsenal just about get three points. So I think it's a big... Um, we've got to prove ourselves tomorrow and I think we'll do that. I think we've got to win the midfield battle, like Andre said, and then show our quality up front. I think we've got fantastic players like Romero and Dyer coming, Dyer coming back in. I think we'll be strong at the back. Um, but I think it's a big game to prove ourselves. Yeah, really good answer. I like that, Jack. Straight away, Frank Lampard being the main threat tomorrow. And to be honest with you, that's a really good answer. I, I, I didn't really think of that. I was thinking more, you know, midfield or maybe, you know, their, their strong attacking play, like Andre was said. But listen, Frank Lampard is, he always likes getting one over us. He yeah. loves it. He'll milk it. You know, our fans hate him. He hates us. It's a really good point. You know, he's, he's literally like the king of Chelsea in the last kind of 20 yeah. years. And I can't stand the guy, to be honest with you. Like, no, with no disrespect, like Frank Lampard, obviously amazing things for England. But at the same time, just 
every time we played Chelsea, even when he was their manager, he got one over us. And it was just so yeah. frustrating to see. But listen, it's a really good point. It's a really good point. Let's get through a few of the chat uh, points on this uh, question. And then we'll go into the uh, key kind of players and the key players to watch out for tomorrow. Lampard is a Chelsea legend, says Ayanami. Delhi is a former player and Van der Beek holds a grudge oh. against Ryax. Doesn't sound fun. Yeah, very good points there. Gagetta saying, I think with Richarlison and Gray up front, they definitely have flair up top. It's whether they turn up on the day weak defensively, so hopefully we can exploit that. Yeah, their defence isn't the best and I don't even think Andre's put any of their defenders in this uh, top four. But listen, We'll get into that in a minute. Uh, Kogetsu is saying, I really hope that uh, he plays Regalon, not Sessegnon. Yeah, I'd love to see Regalon back. I've seen, like, uh, without talking about fantasy football too much, I saw, like, 500,000 people took Regalon out, and I was thinking, listen, I think he's going to be back today. I think he's going to be back tomorrow, sorry. I think he's going to be back in the mix. And I don't think Sessegnon really... Well, he didn't blow me away against Middlesbrough, certainly. He did well against um, Leeds away. But listen, most of the players did well against Leeds away because Leeds uh, have forgotten how to play football in the Premier League. So, um, Toxic Headshot saying we win easily 4-0. Wow, oh, really, hope you, wow. really hope you're putting on a show. <laughs> Toxic Headshot, I'm going to be messaging you tomorrow night if uh, if that's not the case. Bobby K is saying, if it comes down to the midfield battles, we'll lose. We are too lacking in the middle compared to them. We really can't rely on Winks there again. Dude drives me to drink and Gagetta. I'd rather see Cess, uh the Royale uh, or Doherty. Listen, I mean, we've got some real problems at wingbacks. We know that. We've got some real problems. Um, even since, um, obviously, Regalon being out with COVID. And then I think he had some kind of small injury because he wasn't back straight away. But listen, I think we've really seen that we've missed Regalon. We've really missed having a right wing back in general. I mean, it's just so, you know, it's so inconsistent at right wing back. You have Doherty having a worldy game against Leeds and then absolutely shocking the next game. Sessignon doing well, then shocking the next game. We just really need that summer transfer window for some of these positions. But listen, a few more comments and let's get straight back into Andre's key picks and then we'll get Jack's um, thoughts on it as well. Um, Toxic Headshot saying, our team on paper is so much more superior than Arsenal. I just don't understand what we're doing. We have Conte and we're still struggling to get top four. I mean, Arsenal are six points clear now. I just looked at the table, six points clear of us. And obviously we've got Everton and Man United this week, two very difficult games. I mean, we have to get at least four points in my opinion. Joe saying, please smash them. I want Everton to get relegated. Rafa Benitez, give him a statue if they do. Hashtag screw the toffees, all about the fudge. There's Love your Liverpool hashtag. fan, there's Joe. <laughs> yes, there's Joe indeed. I'm sure you can remember Joe from the previous I one. Do. All about Liverpool. But listen, Gagetta saying, even though Doherty is poor, Royale is different level of poor. Uh, I agree with Toxic. 4-0. Lloris with 22 saves this time, says Bobby K. And uh, it's maddening, isn't it? But listen, without further ado, Andre, please take it away. Who is the first player picked today? Or today? Tomorrow, sorry. For tomorrow? Well, my first one, I decided with Ducure. Uh, I honestly think when Watford lost this guy... Watford became a whole like a different team in a in a very bad way. This guy is very good, and we the midfield really needs to look out for him. Um, he's got at the moment two goals, four assists. He's got seventy nine percent pass completion. His tackle success isn't very good though, sixty four percent. But he is a defensive midfielder, so for two goals and four assists, that's pretty good. Uh, and yeah, in general, his passing ability, his way to go up front and just surprise the, the, the team in the box, 
he's huge for Everton. He's like the heart of, of the midfield. And uh, I would definitely think Hoiberg has a lot of work to do when it comes to this guy. And Benton Kerr as well, of course, if he plays. And if it's Winks, God help us. <laughs> Yeah, yeah, and Bobby K saying he's still got more uh, tackle success than Winks, and he's saying hundred percent they lost a huge piece of the puzzle. Jack, what's your thoughts on Abdullah Decore? Do you think he's a top player? Do you think it's someone that could overpower? Maybe if you say like Benton Kerr's back, could he overpower Benton Kerr? Even would he overpower Hoiberg? What are your thoughts? I think it's a really good question. As Decore, I actually spoke to a few Watford fans, and I was asking them to compare them to Musa Sissoko and uh, Kapue, and they all said they thought uh, Decore was brilliant. They thought he was a massive engine in the midfield, but he lacked um, technical ability. So, like, right. he, he was like a monster. His engine was fantastic, but he wouldn't uh, contribute to too many assists and goals. As Andre just said, he's starting to add that a bit more. And if he can do that, I'm sure he'll be a great player. But I do think that with Ben Decour and Hoiberg, we should still be strong enough because I don't feel they, like Decore himself has enough going forward, but then they have got Donny van der Beek, they have got potentially Anthony Gordon, they have got Dele Alli who's dropping there. So they have got quite a nice balance, but I do think Decore is a strong player, but not someone we should be completely worried about. Yeah, spot on, Jack. To be honest with you, what you said there is absolutely spot on. I, I mean, I would probably compare Decore to maybe a, a Victor Wanyama as opposed to sort of a Moose Dembele kind of player. Victor Wanyama kind of sweeping up defensively and, and breaking up the play, winning the ball back and then kind of going, you know, have the ball, Moose Dembele, you bring the ball forward. Have the ball, Christian Eriksen, you bring the ball forward back four or five years ago when my life was so much easier. But listen... yeah. But listen, you're spot on. Decore is that player that will get stuck in. Maybe he's more of a, a problem, not for uh, Hoiberg and Bentenker. Maybe he's more of a problem for actually our, um, you know, our, our, our attacking players. Maybe he's going to break up the play for Kulisevsky, mm. break up the play when Kane comes deep, maybe cause an absolute nuisance when Kane's trying to ping those passes around. Um, it, listen, uh, <laughs> Toxic Edshaw saying this guy is like a wink side to side. Um, I, I, do you know what? I, it wouldn't have been one I picked in my free, but I really do see why uh, why Andre's saying it. He can really cause a problem in that midfield tomorrow. And uh, I don't think we should take him lightly. I, I do think he's a good player. And I do think you're spot on Andre saying that Watford are a, a completely different team without him because I don't feel like they really replaced him. I know what you're saying about, you know, obviously Etienne Capu, um, you know, in, in terms of that comparison. But I mean, just... I mean, Musa Sissoko scored against Arsenal today, didn't he? Yeah. So maybe not the best one to compare him to. But listen, I do think Abdoulaye Decore is better than those two players I've just mentioned. And I think mm. he could be a real Inter problem. Interestingly, um, to be fair, if you, obviously not every Watford fan is going to be Gary Neville, your Sky Sports. But they were saying they thought Etienne Capoue was brilliant for them and they really liked him. And obviously he's gone to Villarreal, he's won the Europa League. So he's clearly started to develop his game and potentially turn into the player we thought he was mm. when he came to Spurs. Um, I don't know if many people remember that, but we bought him and thinking he was a young talent uh, from a French side. Um, but I think, yeah, he's developing as a player and a lot of Watford fans did say they thought he was the best out of those three players. So that's just an interesting take. Nice spot on, Jack. Spot on. Really good point. Uh, yeah, for sure. I mean, <laughs> and just another player that's gone away um, from Spurs and won something. You know, the list goes <laughs> exactly. on. Etienne Capoy. Oh. Etienne Capoy. Etienne Capoe. Juan Foyf. That's what I was going. I kind of mixed the two there. You know, the two Tottenham boys that went over to Villarreal. But listen, I mean, 
we got to take it with a pinch of salt. I guess he's not like a world beater, but also at the same time, he is a very decent player. Henry is in here. He says, lads, I can see us losing or drawing this match. Well, welcome on into the stream, Henry. I love the positive vibes you're bringing, but big yourself <laughs> up. Thank you for joining, mate. I hope you are doing well, but I can see why you're a bit negative at the moment. As are a lot of fans, I completely understand your frustrations. And um, yeah, it's definitely a tough time for Spurs fans at the moment for us all. We just got to kind of get back on the rails, get back on track like this video suggests and uh, kick on at, at home. We haven't been at home for four games. Listen, we've been away, you know, at, at the Riverside. We've been away at, Ever at the Etihad. We've been away at Turf Moor and we've been away at Leeds. So listen, that's four games on the bounce away from home. The fans haven't seen much from a home perspective under those 62,000 seats um, for a little while. So listen, it's the perfect opportunity to bounce back at home and get these three points and get us back in a position where the morale's high from a Man United team that are at the lowest of the low right now, getting bad 4-1 by their rivals. 92% possession for Manchester City at one point in our second half, just absolutely battering and pummeling them today. Taking the Can't all be Antonio Conte Spurs. Can yeah, it? exactly. Like, yeah, the Etihad away is not for everyone. Listen, exactly that, Jack. But let's move on to the next player, Andre. Over to you, mate. Over to you for uh, for this one. Well, of course, and it's no surprise here that the next one I picked is Richarlison. His pace is very dangerous. Uh, he currently has five goals and three assists these, this season. In his last five matches, he has two goals, 70% completed passes, 72% tackle success. So not too bad. Uh, obviously being on an Everton team, it can, it can be a little hard to get your goals in your assists in. Uh, I'm sure if you played for a better team, those stats would be higher, but as most people might remember from, I believe it was the FA cup. That guy was a pain in the butt for all of us. Uh, last season, I think it was where we ended up losing, I believe it was five, four, uh, in extra time. And this guy was one of the biggest reasons why. So definitely look out for this guy, and uh, he's been playing center forward for most of the season rather than on the wings. So he might be more of an issue for, obviously, our center backs rather than our wing backs. Mm. Yeah, yeah. Who do you think is going to have the most trouble against Richarlison in terms of our back five? I think, oh, see, it's difficult to see because Romero likes to push up, and I think pushing up is going to be very a very dangerous thing to do with a pacey player like Richarlison ready to take advantage of that. Um, and then obviously as soon as he's bursting and bursting out, uh, bursting away, I don't think Dyer and uh, Davies could really catch up to him. So it's going to be one of those things where the line, our, our defensive line is going to have to really be working together to make sure no one's playing anybody on side. Yeah. 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 I mean, this guy is quick. He's pacey. He's great at, dribbling he can cause a threat he can kind of create something out of nothing really this guy is is sort of the uh the b-tech neymar um <laughs> but listen jack over to you on this one mate what are your thoughts on richarlison i know straight away you're saying you know cracking player decent player but, but what i do yeah i on. think i think he's a great player i really do and you that's reinforcing the idea that i think it was a couple uh summers ago that barcelona bid 70 million pounds for them. to be fair they've had some questionable transfers let's not lie here they spent a lot of money on players that they haven't really used. But that money speaks for himself. He's clearly a very talented player. I think with the ball at his feet, he can drop a shoulder and turn. Do you know what I mean? He turns up against the big sides. I think he's a very good player. Um, I think when he runs with the ball, he's dangerous. Do you know what I mean? You you know, like a, an example for me is when Eden Hazard played against Spurs. Oh my word, every time my stomach dropped because you knew you felt like he could make something out of nothing. Yeah. And Richardson is not at that level, but he still makes you fear. 
And I think out of Everton's side, he's definitely one of the main threats. And I think um, I do back our centre-backs tomorrow. I do think Romero and Dyer have got that, but I think he's one to look out for. And I think he's something who could create something out of nothing tomorrow. Yeah, spot on. Absolutely spot on. And I hope you're right about our centre-backs. Listen, then maybe... Maybe we're being a bit harsh, but listen, they 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 did struggle against even Middlesbrough with our strongest tight team. Yeah. I mean, Eric Dyer was probably one of the better players, but still was in a bit of a tangle for that Middlesbrough goal. Same as Romero, and same obviously as Emerson Royale when he came on. Mm. It was mainly his fault, let's be honest. But listen, there's no excuse. You can't just hide behind the the players that have stinkers. Also, uh, you know, Romero, uh, Eric Dyer. Um, even Davinson Sanchez when he's featured, Ben Davies, they can't hide behind the the fact that the other players have been bad. They've got to kind of take a bit of responsibility and, and look at themselves and be like, well, listen, you know, we're conceding to championship level teams. We're conceding to Burnley away. We're mm. conceding to all these teams. We 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 haven't got the strongest defence. We know that, and this is the player that's going to cause us problems. I mean, if I had to say who's going to score for Everton, I mean, definitely this man would be up there in the pecking order, and um, you know. Toxic headshots saying Spurs need to attack and ch- uh, change the style of play and go all out. That's where we are at our best out uh, throughout the years. Listen, we sat back against Middlesbrough in that extra time. I mean, I don't know what happened. It's almost like they had an extra tank of petrol compared uh, to us. It was just an absolute shambles. Did Jack, did you go to that game? I didn't actually go to Middlesbrough. I did have tickets. And then okay. uh, as it, I would have had to left school early. Lots of stuff work. Um, yeah. So I'm kind of glad I missed that one. But my mate who did go said it was an amazing night out. But then, of course, classic Spurs letting us down but the only positive I'm not you can't take positives from that it was absolutely terrible and I was devastated as I felt there was a good chance under Conte but what I would say is it is magic of the FA Cup and they did take out Manchester United and sadly in the FA Cup stuff like that can happen so I'm just Mm. hoping moving forward with my positive Spurs hat on that we can regroup and realise that's not our level we are much better than Middlesbrough I do believe if we played them in the Premier League we would destroy them next year I do believe that it was a one-off game and that just can happen. But it was also, like you say, James, you were talking about the style of play. They had an extra tank of fuel and we just didn't, we were we were almost soaking up the pressure and you think, mm. it's Middlesbrough, Middlesbrough, with Kulevsky, Son, Kane, um, even with the win-backs, obviously not probably the standard we want to be at, still strong players. Um, and yeah, we sat back and that's, that was the hardest thing for me, not seeing my team play championship side and absolutely go for it. And they mm. fair play to them. They won the game in fair and square, but we definitely need to work on that, especially against lower league sides. Yeah, you're spot on. Yeah. Do you think it's just a little question on on, on the back of that, Jack? Do you think it's a little bit of complacency? Do you think it's a mentality issue? Like considering like in the 90 minutes, I wouldn't have said we were the worst team. I also wouldn't have said we were the better team. I thought it was yeah. a very poor even game to be honest with you until the sort of last 10 20 minutes of 90 and then sort of it was a bit end to end but listen i think extra time we saw the we saw the spurs that as we know are bottlers as we know are are completely fragile when 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 sort of the going gets tough the atmosphere builds up at an away stadium do you think it is mentality i think it's mentality but in my opinion as well i think if you look at the players we've still got they're, they're so say the same from five years ago, the same players that they were letting us down. I was saying that if Conte, anyone, if anyone's going to get the best at those players, it will be Antonio Conte, and I'll stick by that. But it is the same players letting us down each year, week in, week out. And they can play well. Don't get me wrong. They can have six games be fantastic. But when it comes to it, they still let us down. And that's what happened against Middlesbrough. And if you look at it, in my opinion, I'm not the... I don't like to scapegoat Winks all the time, but if you look at him, he, for me, he was playing a few tidy balls, but just completely getting overrun in the midfield. I think it was Housen for Middlesbrough. Uh, mm. Borough had a field day, quick ball around the corner, and he was through. 
he just had all the time in the world in the middle. And I think, like you say, it's a mentality issue, but it's also as much of a uh, players. We don't have many leaders at Tottenham. And that's mm. something we seriously lack. Like you say, Harry Kane and... It, like he needs to focus on scoring his goals, creating like he's doing. We need someone in the middle of that park who can grab the game by the scruff of the neck and seriously talk to the players, communicate with Winks and um, Hoiberg. No one was really doing that because Hoiberg can't, in my opinion, he's fantastic like he was against Man City, getting stuck in, keeping it tidy, making sure he wins the ball back. But he's not the type of person to drive with the ball in the middle, find those game-changing passes. And we need someone like that to come in. And I think that's a serious issue that we need to make sure we find in the summer. No, really good points, Jay. Really good points. Lacking leaders. Lacking leaders is what I took from that. You know, the key point. We are lacking leaders. At the end of the day, you know, even there, people say, oh, yeah, it's great having Eric Dyer back leads the line. But is it really, a, is it a proper leader? Is it a real mm. sort of captain? I know, obviously, Larice is the captain. But, I mean, at the end of the day, how much can you be, you know, leading the line from, from in goal? You've got to have leaders on the pitch as well. We've got Kane up front. Midfield, I think you're right. I think we really are lacking a, mi- a leader in midfield. Sometimes I think Hoiberg does that role, but sometimes he's been a bit of a passenger in yeah. recent games. Um, and then at the back, I mean, uh, Romero isn't Romero is a little bit of a leader, but he's still very young. young. He, yeah, he's not he's not a proper like leader. When I say leader, we're we're lacking Toby out of our old at the back. Jan Vertonghen, yeah. they're leaders. Um, Do you know what you it know, is, James? I would, uh, I'm sorry to interrupt, but I would quickly say it's like. The leaders we're talking about, the experienced players, your Ben Davies, your, uh, your Eric Dyers, um, the, uh, Harry Winks, these experienced players that we're calling leaders, they're the ones who let us down. They were the young players five years ago. They were never the bulk of Tottenham. When we were um, doing, uh, had the fantastic run under Pochettino, these were the players that were struggling to make it into the squad. And now with Antonio Conte's era, these are the players that are starting week in, week out. And I think that's where you can see this is a serious problem and that we need serious investment to make sure we take that step to the next level. Because we're not going to get another chance like this, I'll tell you right now. Conte is amazing and we need to make the most of it. And I seriously think Daniel Levy needs to buck his ideas up because he's been a fantastic chairman for 20 years. But if he talks about building this stadium, building this training ground, then buy these players, buy these mm. players to take us to the next level because this is what us fans deserve and definitely the players that Harry Kane's on because we do deserve it and we have the capability to take it to the next level. Yeah, the end, yeah, you're spot on. Uh, what you said about, you know, Winks, Dyer and um, and Davies, you know, they're, they're not they're not winners, they're losers at the end of the day. Yeah. And I know that's harsh to say, but actually, you know, they haven't really won any, well, they haven't won anything. They're, I think it was eight of... semi-finals, eight semi-finals since 1991 that we've got knocked out of since we made a final. And probably Harry Winks, Eric Dyer and Ben Davies have probably been about four of them. Probably more, yeah. I was going to say maybe five yeah. or six. You're spot on. And at the end of the day, that's that's what happens when you keep these stagnated players that kind of, oh yeah, well, Eric Dyer's been great at centre-back. I do, I do agree, has been good. But I don't think he's really been at the levels where we need to progress under Conte. Ben Davies certainly hasn't been. I mean, people were raving about him between sort of November and January. And I said, look, Ben Davies will make mistakes soon. What happens next game? Starts making mistakes after mistakes that week where he made two against Southampton and Wolves. You know, at the end of the day, I'm going to get it in like I do every podcast, Andre. It's paper over the cracks. Ben Davies is paper is. over this cracks in this team. We have to move on from these players. Same yeah. as um, Harry Winks. I mean, please. The guy, I've been, people have been comparing him to like a League One player. I don't think he's far off that, to be honest with you. I mean, it's really shocking. But it brings me on to one more uh, question I wanted to ask you, Jack, um, before we go into the final player uh, with Andre. But it's this question here from Toxic Headshot. I think it's a really good point. It's like, do you think guys think Conte is the man to take us forward? I know you're really quite keen on Conte, and I am very much so keen. But do you think 
I, I, I am, I'm not in two minds. I do think Conte is the right man to bring us forward. I don't think there's many better managers out there than Conte. But I would just say very quickly before I let Jack talk on this point, there is no point having Conte if we're not going to get the players to work with Conte. We have to get to the summer. We have to invest. We have to get players that Conte wants to work with and not pick up the bullshit that he's been working with now. I mean, Conte's not going to... Conte's coming to Spurs being promised a big budget. And we've gone to January. We've signed two players. Okay, you'd argue that, you know, two, both of them have been decent starts, especially Kulisevsky. But... At the end of the day, he, he he's obviously going to want to play with players where he signed big players like at Inter Milan. Like, you know, he's been working with Latoro Martinez, Romelu Lukaku, uh, Perisic, um, and then the decent defenders around it. You know, Bro- uh, Brozovic, then you've got at the back, De Vrij, um, uh, 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 Why Why? This is what he needs. He needs some of these Serie A players that are very decent 100%. starting 11 players. So, yeah, anyway, over to you, Jack. I thought I'd just get that in there before before you probably echo my thoughts there, to be honest with you. <laughs> no, honestly, you were spot on. You're talking like players like De Vrij, Skriniar. I think they've just got Bastoni now, a young Italian defender. What they is literally, like, look at the spine of their defence. Fantastic. Brilliant. But then look what they've got. They've got the, uh, the experience and youth. They've got that perfect balance. And he's got serious defenders there. Um, and that's what Spurs need. We've, we've still got players there from seven years ago who couldn't cut it. Mm. And um, But going back to Toxic's question, I personally, I definitely 100% hand on heart believe that Antonio Conte is the man to take Spurs to the next step. Yes, he comes out with brave interviews. He's not afraid to say say the truth. Let's be honest. Like He doesn't cut, beat around the bush. He 100%... I think I honestly believe he's liking his time at Tottenham, but he realises it's such a job and we need serious financial investment and he needs all the players to believe in in, in his philosophy and work with his winning mentality. Because I do believe the man, he is the man. Why should we question him as first fans? Look what he's done at Inter Milan. Look what he's done at Chelsea. He's a winner. And look, even in his Italian squad, this is what gives me belief that he can also work with lower players. When Italy were going for a tough time, they weren't exactly winning all the games in the nationally he brought that side I think it was to a quarter final in the World Cup losing on penalties and he I think his best player was like Mario Balotelli he didn't really have any standout names if you look at Italy mm. in the past they've always had fantastic players but he got this group of players together and he made them believe and that's what he needs to do with Tottenham but he's not going to be able to do that if he doesn't get the investment like a strong centre mid like two at least two strong centre halves that's your bulk of your squad you start from the back you need two strong centre halves you need a good player in the midfield and then you work around that. Obviously, wing-backs is also crucial to how he works. He had Hakimi down the bank and Perisic. Look at the difference. Hakimi and Perisic to Sessegnon and Doherty. Seriously, let that let that sink in for a second. Yeah, yeah. Like, yeah. That, is, that is ridiculous. Hakimi, obviously gone to Paris Saint-Germain, worth £60 million. Unbelievable. Perisic as well, going forward, knocked England out of the World Cup. Fantastic players. So I seriously believe, let's back him. Let's go for it because we will seriously regret it and we won't know how we would have got on. So as a Spurs fan, it really frustrates me to think we've done this. We've got this far. Let's make the most of it. Yeah, spot on, Jack. Spitting absolutely straight facts. And uh, Toxie Headshot's back in here. He says, I am convinced now. Thank you, guys. Listen, Toxie Headshot, this is why you're here, mate. This is why you're here to get the panel to, to kind of uh, cure, cure your, uh, you know, dis, dissettlement. That's not a word, uh, but I like making up more words on this podcast. That's what I do. Uh, but listen, let's get through a few more of these comments and then let's stroke straight back into uh, the, the player picks. Get said, Dyer, Davies, Sanchez, Royal, Winks, Bergwijn, Lucas, Doherty, all out. Wow. Wow. I think, 
I think one I would yeah. uh, maybe disagree with is got to give uh, Emerson Royal a little bit more time, even though he has been shocking. You have to give. I don't know about Bergwijn. It's probably for oh, another day. Oh, this it's is a tough subject. This one, isn't it? It's for another yeah. day. And the one I definitely don't agree with is Lucas, because I mean, for me, Lucas. Maybe it's a sentimental fact again. But I mean, Lucas is. Let's not Please forget one of our best players. We're not in a position right now to be talking about getting rid of those of Lucas or stuff like that when we have much more serious issues in our squad. I mean, I I think Dave. Sorry to interrupt, Andre. I think Davies, Sanchez, Winks, and Doherty are good shouts. But I mean, yeah. oh, I don't know about I don't know about Lucas and Bergwijn. But listen. Sorry, Andre, for interrupting. Please, please, please do. Can... No, no, I was just going to say, I think we just have more serious issues in our squad than thinking about Lucas to, to sell him at the moment. We're not in that position. Maybe when, when we've done some some changes, then yeah, sure, we can look at players that might be a weakness to the squad. But at the moment, he's not the weakest link. So we shouldn't be yeah. talking about selling him. Yeah. And just to quickly go through those points, because I wanted to say a few things, but you, know, you guys were all spitting facts here, so I was just letting you go. <laughs> um, first... I think it's 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 really disheartening to see that there were players that were brought in with the intention that eventually they would take over, right? Like they would replace the one the senior players, and they haven't. You have Deli Ali, who never really stepped up to the plate when it was his time. Uh, you got a few other players in there, Winks, who hasn't stepped up like he was supposed to. And um, unfortunately, as much as Levy, I guess, maybe wants to give them a chance, if that's the most positive light I can give him, um, it's, you know, it's it, it's looking like it's, it's we need to move on from these players. Uh, it's time to start fresh. And unfortunately, at the same time, when you get rid of, when you sort of have to move on from a player, whether it's because he wants to go or not, what? I think it's such a ridiculous thing to do by trying to replace him in a cheap way. And you end up spending more money than you would have on just buying one good player. Instead, you spend four or five seasons trying to find a replacement spending 15 million each mm. season. And you end up spending more money. Yeah. Like, look really at trying to replace Walker. We never really found a, another sort of Walker level uh. right back. No, no, we've we gone through I mean, Trippier, we've gone through Oria, we've gone through Emerson, we've gone through Kyle Walker Peters, Kyle Walker Peters. we've gone uh, through actually a decent player, may I add, a good yeah. player. Yeah, I know, uh, but that's what I'm saying. Why are we going through it? Like, why have we gone through it? I mean, this is why I said don't get rid of Emerson yet, because although maybe we have been sold a bit of a a bit of a uh, dad, uh, you got to give him a little bit more of a chance than maybe six months. I think I think it's a bit harsh to, because this is the difference, right? This is the problem with with some of these fam fans in this fan base and, and this isn't calling out whoever put that I think it was Gigetta this isn't calling you out this is just my opinion I just believe that when we say getting rid of a player after let's not forget Emerson joined in August he joined as a right back under Nuno's four at the back system Nuno was a manager that played five at the back at Wolves okay Emerson comes in as a right back but then you got Conte, you're like, oh, yes, Emerson, Regulon, they're going to revi- have a revival. Regulon has had a revival already. You can see he's leaps and bounds better at left wing back. Um, Emerson Royale hasn't had a good few games recently. But listen, you can't be wanting him gone after four or five months. I mean, people are entitled to say that, of course. But at the same time, the players that we really should be pushing to go is, like Jack said earlier, the players that have been here five, six, seven, eight years 
Ben Davies has finished his 2013 from Swansea Crazy. City when they're in the Premier League. He's nearly ready for his testimonial, the guy. I mean, honestly, it's, it's ridiculous. Emerson Royale, I say you give till at least like one year of being here. I say you give him till at least the summer. Then you make a decision. Obviously, that's the next yeah. window he can go out. I would argue he should have at least two seasons. But what you don't do is you don't keep a Lacelso here for two, three seasons and then realise that, oh, yeah, you know, Lacelso, let's put him on loan to Villarreal and then try and get some money of him. And Dombele, we have for two good seasons, maybe actually three. Bang, you know, back to uh, Leon. Cheers, mate. You're not good enough. But then we're hanging on to Harry Winks, who we know has not been good enough for years and years and years. Eric Dyer probably hasn't been up to it for years and years and years. Doherty, he's been here two seasons now. Get rid of him. He's not good enough. He's not good enough. I mean, how many times do we have to keep players for years on end and then go, oh, actually, we might actually need to try and get some of this money back now. Well, I mean, well, Deli Ali went three years too late. Deli Ali wasn't good enough in 2019. Why are, we just, yeah. why are we starting to get rid of him in 2022? I can answer that very clearly for you. Because we keep switching managers. So then they're like, oh, maybe he'll play better under this manager. So then yeah, we keep right. him. And um, and that's the issue. And that, that's why I 100% agree with what Jack said here. That we need to back Conte. And that, that's it. We, we're sticking with him. Go stick with the plan. Get him the players he needs. And get rid of the yes. players that fit a system. Do not go and sack him after one season. Or don't back him and have him leave. And then we end up with a mishmash of a team that's half good enough for a five at the back and a team that's good enough for four at the back. Look at what happened yeah. with Emerson. I keep saying I'm, I'm going to stop sort of criticizing him because he's not a right wing back player. He's a right back player. He was brought in for a Nuno Tottenham forced system because he actually plays five at the back. But from what I'm hearing, Levy didn't want him playing five at the back. So he was playing four. And so he brought in a guy who's good at right back. Um, he plays well for Bar for Brazil, but no, no, we we sacked him. We brought in Conte, and now everyone's criticizing Emerson, but he's playing out of position. And then look at Doherty. Yeah, he's not very good. Yeah, he's been playing better, but why? Because that's his natural position. He played right wing back at Wolves. So for me, it's almost like you have to look at players that don't fit Conte's system first and get rid of them, including players that aren't good at all. For example, I would get rid of Emerson if we're like if we stick with Conte then we need to get rid of Emerson. He does not fit a right wing-back role, and he won't mm. lose his value. We can still make I some I actually money. agree with you, Andre. I, I, I think James, like, I totally agree with most of his points, but Emerson, I do believe, I think Gogeta said in the chat now, I just don't think he fits Spurs, and I don't think as a club we're ruthless enough. If you look at Chelsea, they've made some questionable decisions in, in the past, getting rid of the likes of De Bruyne, Salah, but their overall ruthlessness works. They bring in winners. They bring in another player who's just as good or fits their system. I think as a club, we need to start to move on. To, for us to progress as a football club, we need to realise that it's important. Uh, we can't have such an affinity to every player. If you're not working in the squad, if you don't want to be here, if you don't fit my manager's team, then you've got to go. And I think it's as simple as that. We've got to be more ruthless. And that's one thing I would add to Andre's point. Yeah. yeah and no. then my last point, sorry, my last point here. Look at how Arsenal did it. They took the time. They had a few not-so-good seasons, but they slowly worked their way into making a team that fits the way that, that it should, the system that they're using. 
That's what we need to do. We need to be patient. We need to be every season upgrading our team to fit Conte's system. We cannot just sack him after one season when we've done a few switch. We were doing switches to fit his system. Benton Kerr is an amazing signing for Conte. And I knew he would be great. Kulu, everyone was a little skeptical, but look at how he's already on his way to beating Ber Bergwin's uh, record for Tottenham already. He's very well on his way. I think another another transfer window coming up here will have a lot of good outgoings and incomings, but we need to just be patient. And I think that is what Levy might have told Conte, and it's why he sort of relaxed. He's like, okay. I had a very questionable uh, shout in the comments, can I quickly just add? Right, centre back Emerson. I've got to be honest, I really don't agree with that, but I'm sure you've said some fantastic <laughs> things in the comments. But what does he, in my opinion, can't defend, well, can defend, but not exactly the most composed player in the ball, even though he has a few tricks to him. But no, right centre back, Emerson. No, I can't do heart attacks, to be honest with you. Don't think it's going to work. But I like the, uh, the questionable shout. Yeah, yeah. We, need to look at, we need to look at certain players that still have value that don't fit the system and get rid of them now before we make no money for them. Because that's another thing Tottenham wants and something that Levy needs. He always says we need more money. Okay, then look at some players that we that we need to get rid of that still have some value, get rid of them. Emerson, yeah. we can still make money for him. He had one bad season. It could be look. It can be looked at as a fluke. He'll go. We should not be talking about getting rid of Lucas or Son. No, no. <laughs> we should be looking at people like him, looking at people like Sanchez, looking at Davies, just paper over the cracks, as James always says. We should be looking at those players that still have some value that don't fit the system, get rid of them so we can make some money. And then I would rather we get rid of three players that are not good at all and bring in one very amazing player, like a Botman or something. Botman, yeah. I mean, that's for another video entirely, what, what players we're getting, because this is an absolute mess. We're talking about the players that need to maybe not stay here for longer. But listen, there are so many comments coming in. Big yourselves up. There's 20 of you across all platforms watching live. But listen, everyone's loving loving the talking points. I'm loving the talking points, the random sporadic talking points, the spontaneous talking points. Yeah, I've listen, gone off trail, but I do yeah. enjoy it. <laughs> it has. It's gone off the Everton uh, preview. But listen... Uh, I want to answer a couple of quickly, very quickly, Gietta's point here. You need to remember, we always say we should give people time. Then we give them years and years. It's that balance, Gietta, for me. It's that balance between, like I said, maybe giving Emerson a little bit more time, but not giving him three or four years like Giovanni De Celso and Ndombele have had, where they've had three yeah. seasons almost. That's when you know after two seasons they're not going to fit in this system. Under uh, Poch, Le Celso and Ndombele weren't good enough. Under Mourinho... Lo Celso and Ndombele weren't good enough. At the start of the Conte tenure, Lo Celso and Ndombele didn't want to be there. Neither did Deli Ali. That's why they're gone. Step in the right direction. Direction? Direction. Paratici, masterclass. He's cooking. Get the players out there that don't want to be there. Loan to buy. Do what you got to do. We'll, we'll accept like 20 million for Ndombele. We're never getting more for him. Let's be honest. I mean, <laughs> I'd be surprised if we get 30 or 40 for Ndombele. He's yeah. absolute trash. But listen... It's that balance for me, Gagetta, without going after, like, what? Emerson's played, what, 15 games for the club? And we're saying we want to get rid of him. I get he's been poor. I really do. I was the first person to say he was shocking against Middlesbrough when he came on. He was at fault for that goal. But listen, you have to give these players time to bed in, but not too much time where you're just thinking, oh, he'll get better soon. He'll get better soon. That's the Deli Alley effect. Oh, 2018, yeah. yeah, he was class. 2019, what's happened to Deli Alley? I mean, that's the Tottenham effect in general. 2020, yeah. 
2020, he's still not good. Maybe we should get rid of him. Oh, let's hang on to him because 2021, we had Mourinho. Yeah, he's going to revive his career. Amazon documentary starts off well. Shit. He calls him a lazy cunt, etc. Sorry, I don't like using that word on this podcast, but you get the point. And then 2022, we finally decide to offload him. It's too late. We have to get rid of these yeah. players earlier. But that's what I'd say to your point there, Gogeta. And the other point was, someone tells me why Royale deserves time. Just kind of going on that point there, he, got, he, he can put a ball in, he can put a good cross in. Maybe the crosses aren't perfect, but actually he does deliver quite a lot of crosses. And I think to myself, we should have players in the box sometimes for these crosses. And listen, he's not good. Def- he's not solid defensively. Jack, you've made a good point there. But listen, I still give give him more time, especially over Matt Doherty for me. See, Matt but, Doherty, but he doesn't, but he doesn't fit the system. That's the thing. He just doesn't fit the system. Yeah. But, who, but Andre, who would you rather have, Matt Doherty, Matt Doherty or Emerson? Well, no, if there, if there is a good opportunity in the summer to bring in an actual right wing back, like a Lamptey or something, then Jack, get rid you of say Doherty? Oh, okay, you're going you're gonna to hear me out here. See, I'd like to think I've... Uh, no, hear me out, hear me out. I generally think they've both got to go. I don't think they're both good. Either of them are good enough. I think Doherty, the only reason I'd have him is because we're not going to get much value out of Doherty. And I think as a third string right wing back or second string right wing back he's more useful than Emerson. As Emerson's still young, he's got a bit of value to him. Uh, and like you say, paid for Brazil. Please, he, thank he you. He holds a bit of value. Uh, but I don't think it's content. Sorry, Jay. No, you were saying word for word. You're saying word for word what I said. But I genuinely believe Doherty is a, a better asset to the Tottenham squad than uh, Emerson is. And that's my honest opinion because I just don't think he does anything for us. But, I agree like with say, you. I'm up, for deba- I'm, I'm up for debate. I know it's a questionable topic. But I don't think they're both, either of them are good enough to put them. No, I agree with you. I was saying this in the last podcast, the exact same word for word points. Like, we're not going to get much for Doherty, and he actually fits a right wing back position. I would he's rather. Not, he's keep... not good enough, but he might. He's be not good enough. Person. He is not good enough. But if you have to choose between Emerson or Doherty to get rid of them, you would get more money for Emerson. He does not fit the system. And you could bring in someone else who can, uh, who can play. Uh, who can be the first team player in the right wing back position, like a Lamptey. I don't think Doherty's going to put much uh, sort of pressure because he's so upset that he's not playing as much. He's already, you know, he knows, I'm sure he knows, and he will get some I think he cares a bit more. In my opinion, I, I could be completely wrong, but I think Doherty, he knows the players. He gets on really well with Harry Kane, as we can see. He's part of the squad. He feels like he's let us down a bit. You can see in his interviews, he really wants to play. He just hasn't been fantastic. I think he was really good against Leeds, obviously with their defence. Like, we can't read too much into it. But I do feel like, I'm not going to say it's a turning point, definitely not going to say that, but I do feel like he cares. He wants to be at the club and he wants to show that he's not as bad as he has been. And I do think he is a better asset than Emerson Royale. But anyway, I don't want to uh, talk about that for too long. Look, it is if, we, if, we, if we sack Conte now and we bring in a manager that plays four at the back, then oh, that changes Emerson. everything. That changes everything. I just can't yeah. believe I'm so sitting we, honestly, like... Conte, we give him what, we need, what he needs. You need to look at players that don't fit the system and get rid of them. But yeah, maybe about who we're talking what's, Matt here? We're, we're... what's Matt Doherty done? He's going exactly. a little We're better. not exactly talking about Ronaldo and Messi here. We're talking about Matt Dogsy and Everton Royale. We're not talking about the two best things since yeah. life bread. Like, we're yeah. having a debate about the worst things possible, in my opinion. Like, thanks for your time at Spurs, but you're not good enough, lads. I think this is a debate that not many people will be interested in. Um, but yeah, thank you for your time, but you're both not good enough. Yeah, uh, Doherty is not good, but 
you would get more out of selling Emerson and a better replacement. That's what I say. In a, in a uh, financial sense, in a business sense, I think it'd be a smarter move uh, to sell Emerson. But anyway, moving on, moving on. Oh, yeah. I don't know about <laughs> this. I want to go on, but I'm not going to. Ellie I love this show. Well done, lads. Great debate. Great content. Always well presented and on point. Big yourselves up. And if you're feeling like Ellie does and you're loving the podcast and you're loving the guests on that we have and you're loving the content, please do smash a thumbs up. Subscribe smash if you're it. new because we are here all the time pretty much you know most days at the moment four or five times a week um but listen, <laughs> there's been so much chat there's been so much chat about um about emerson i've read a comment saying that lucas should be sold and we should keep him at all costs the guy has one league goal bergwin has Ooh, two the same game. come on man uh, i'm not gonna sit here and talk talk crap about lucas i just can't do it i can't do it the man could you debate about that could you say we just have we, we have posi- we have positions that are in more need of attention than to look at that yeah. right now yeah, thoughts on Hill. Valencia fans are trying in for him. Go on, go on, Jack. So I was just going to quickly say, um, I think we should stop focusing on our attacking players, especially Lucas. Do you know what I think we need to find? That I think Liverpool have got spot on. You need to find the experienced players with young players. They get that right balance. But young players have got a lot of potential and they're already starting to produce numbers. Um, that's what I feel like we need. I think Lucas is fantastic. But I don't think we should swap Lucas for a young player. I think we should keep them both. Embed them together. I think Lucas is brilliant. Come off the bench. He's burst the pace. He works so hard for the club. I think he's a great player. And I don't think we should sell him just because he's not getting the goals and assists that we want. I think we should use him along with another fantastic player, another young player that complements him so we can work together. We need to find that right balance. I think we should stop being so, like you said, James, stop being so irrational and getting rid of players that still have a lot to offer. So I do think in the summer, bringing quality young players, and Louis Diaz would have been perfect. Kulevsky looks really good. But work together. Kulevsky, uh, Lucas, Bergwijn, Son, we've got a bit of depth now. Let's build on that and start to compete because we need quality players if we want to be in multiple competitions to compete. That's why Chelsea, that's why Liverpool, that's why Man City uh, are so successful because they've got so much competition for places. See, it's hard to hear you say that because honestly, Lucas is the definition of a player who does not live up to the potential. I'm sorry. He, other than that one game, obviously everyone knows what I'm talking about. What game? Other than that one game, the guy does not live up to the potential. He always, even Conte said it. He's like, this guy should be scoring more goals, giving more assists, but he doesn't. And I don't know yeah. why. So, so Andre, what you're you- saying. What what would you disagree with one of my points that I've said, which is oh, you're saying he's enough. brilliant and everything, but I personally don't think he is brilliant. I think he never actually. No, I think I think what I meant to say is, um, I do apologise, is that he's a brilliant squad player, and I think we should keep oh. him around. I'm not saying he's a brilliant week in week out player. I'm not some saying he's going to be the best player. That's why I'm saying we need quality players to bring in with him. We need quality depth. Like you look at Chelsea, I'm saying they've got Pulisic, they've got. Um, Havertz, they've got everyone, they've got lots of quality players, and I think Lucas is a quality player, not week in, week out producing numbers, but I think he's a great person to have around the squad. I think it's about finding that balance. I'm not saying that he's someone who's going to get you that league title, that cup, but he's someone to have around the squad, and I do think he's a player to keep around. Would you agree with that? I, I agree with that, just because I think that there are other positions that are in much more of an, there's much more urgency needed. The centre-backs, the right wing-back roles, the midfield, all those positions need to be fixed right now. We, Like I said, our team yeah. is a world-class team at the front, and then as you make your way back, it gets worse and worse. No, I so agree with that. I think we, we need, need to, to build, fix all build. those positions, and I think 
let's say we stick with Conte by year two. If we've brought in a lot of good players, Lucas will either be relegated to the bench or it, it might be time to get rid of him. Because personally, if I was building a Tottenham winning team, I don't think I would have Lucas on there just because I think that he does not, he does not come. Sorry. He doesn't really step up to it more often than not. For, for me, for me with Lucas, right? For me with Lucas, right? I think he's suddenly been done dirty by a lot of Spurs fans. I do think we're forgetting at the start of the season who was our player of the season, pretty much by a long shot. He got taken off by uh, Nuno in El Sacco. It was a terrible decision. I was at the game. The fans booed him. He was the best player on the pitch for Spurs. He gets taken off. We lose the game three 0 and suddenly Lucas is then one of the main men under Conte at the start of the sea, uh, at the start of his yeah. era, and he scored a lot of goals. He scored a lot of goals. The goal against Norwich. The goal against Palace. He was scoring. Pretty much, he was either scoring or assisting yeah. for a good period of time. And I know what you're going to say. You're going to say, well, what's he been doing recently? Kulazewski's come in. He's taken his place. Kulazewski's shining for Spurs. He's scored two goals <clears> in four <throat> games and an assist already. Kulazewski is what this team needed. However, you can't just say Lucas Mora needs to go. Oh, Lucas okay. Mora has to come out of this team. He's still a very vital player off the bench. Like, you know what Andre, Andre, no, wait, wait. Andre, if, if you get rid of Lucas Mora there, yeah, and we don't sign any players in the summer, which obviously we will, but if you get rid of Lucas, right, who who out of this rest of this bench now, which is pony, is yeah. awful, who do you bring off the bench if it's not Lucas or Bergwijn? Okay. Who do you bring off? Who do you bring off the bench? All right, All right. I'll tell you right now. Like hey, I said, Scarlett, <laughs> like I said, white. I would not sell him right now because we don't have anyone. He's good right now. I you are going to come out no... with Alfie Devine there. I was waiting for an Alfie Devine. Oh. <laughs> Yeah, but no, I think for a team to be a winning team, we need players who are consistent more often than not. And Lucas is not consistent. He isn't. And I know a lot of people watching right now can agree with that. He's not consistent. To me, he just screams sort of like Lamella, where he comes in for a few games, he's on form, and then he just disappears. He's done it every season. Um, and I think, again, like I said, I'm not saying sell him right now. I think eventually when we are at a better position in terms of the signings, the, the rebuild and everything, he would be a player that might have to go. Because I, still, I think... I still believe it's a matter of squad depth. I think it comes down to it. We're debating about getting rid of Lucas. But, um, uh, I know you're saying uh, yourself that, obviously, about strengthening other positions first. But squad depth for me is the most important thing. I think Lucas is a great squad player. I think he's a great player on his day. But... The reason why Chelsea are so successful is because they swap a lot. Look at Man City. They swap a lot. And it keeps all players fresh and it keeps them on the same task. So I do yeah. believe... like Kale, We're comparing uh, Kulosevsky and Lucas. Kulosevsky's been brilliant since he's come in. But he's also a lot different player to Lucas. Lucas will play with his heart for 90 minutes. He'll get stuck into challenges. He'll make great runs. He's also been more creative this season. I think he's been brilliant the first six months. Obviously, he's had an injury. been a bit out of form lately. But Kulu... Kulosevsky is uh, coming from a different angle. He's creative. He's got a wand of a left foot. So I think it's about getting that balance. They could both play in the same team. They both play the same positions, but they're different players. So I think having them both around is perfect. We don't need to get rid of one of them. We need to build on it rather than um, decrease our squad. And also, Jack, the other thing is the other thing is on your point about looking at like Man City. I'm gonna go, I'm gonna say looking at Chelsea. You might have actually said it. Looking at Chelsea, right? The players yeah. that they have had for 
years and years and years. And I know what the instant comeback is. They're going to, you're going to say because they've won stuff, they're winners. They've got that winning mentality. But look at Chelsea, right? They're bringing players year after year. They've got the funds to do that, or maybe not so as the case with Roman Abramovich putting the club up for sale. But li- listen, they've signed Pulisic recently. They've signed Lukaku recently. They've signed Havertz recently. They've signed all these players, right? But they still and they all don't start. But no, but hang on, they still have a core, and some of them do still play. Aspilicueta, Marcus Alonso, they're still in that team. They've been in that team for six, seven years. Now, I get what everyone's going to say. Lucas Moura's been here. What's he done? He hasn't scored enough league goals, etc., etc. But there comes a time where you have to still keep a core of a team, but then build on that team like we're trying to do, but we need to invest more. Lucas Moura is one of the last people I would get rid of out of the players that have been four, five, six years. I would have got rid of Ben Davies over Lucas Moura. I would have got rid of Matt Doherty before Lucas Moura. I'd get rid of Harry Winks before Lucas Moura. Yes. I'd probably even get rid of Eric Dyer before Lucas Moura because I'm yeah. sick of these players that cause mistakes week in, week out. And I know you're going to say, well, Lucas Moura can't really cause a mistake from being up front and Lucas Moura is not contributing enough. And maybe further down the line, if we get to the summer and we do sign another right winger or a left winger and then Lucas becomes third or fourth choice, that's when you then go, okay, maybe it's time that's for when you reset. That. That's that's when you reset. But not now. That is what I'm saying. Saying though, I'm saying if we want to win, if we want to be a winning team, we need to be such a team that we're looking at an yeah. inconsistent player like Lucas Moore and going like it might be time to go. And but actually, it can't all change in one summer, can it? Let's oh, I know, I know. We can't, can't just go like that. We can't have our hands and get rid of all these players. Well, uh, yeah, I'm not saying this window. Saying, and James, I just think, like you say, it's one to look at. But we seriously need to realize we've got much bigger problems, much bigger problems. Yes, yes. And like I said, I'm not talking about this window. I am talking windows from now that this is a player that we might have to Fair look point. at because I don't, I wouldn't, if I'm having a, a winning team, mm. yes, Lucas is decent, but eventually I would look at him and be like, okay, this is an inconsistent player for me. I don't think I can have him on my squad. Yeah, fair point. Honestly, fair point. this comment here, this comment here says it perfectly. Every footballer should be giving hard work. They should be working really hard, and it should not be this big thing that, oh, my God, they're working hard. That's great. No, I think there's no. a difference between hard work and doing everything possible. I think there's a, di- a difference. I think all players, professional footballers, give hard work, but Lucas will literally do everything. You see him running to the last minute, doing everything possible. This guy will do anything for the club, and I don't think that's a... I think that's a, a trait in itself that should be uh, admired. I think, like you say, totally agree. Every player should work hard, but there's a difference when you've got such an engine, you've got so much quality. But I think that's an extra asset. Would you agree? Yeah, yeah, I agree. Uh, and yeah. like, and I've said, and I'll end it here so we can go to the next point, um, to the next player. <laughs> we went around a huge about half an hour. Yeah, um, <laughs> I will always w- try my best to back a player who is still wearing a Spurs shirt. So if 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 Lucas sees what's happening with this team, he finds his place. Maybe he find he he's, he finds he's better as a cam or something, and he starts working his way and he gets better and better and he becomes consistent. Then of course I I've always said I want to be proven wrong when I'm questioning Spurs somehow. If I think they might lose, I hope I get proven wrong and they win. I will never be like, yes, I got it right. Spurs suck. I'm never going to think that. So if Lucas changes it around and be- starts becoming more consistent as the team gets better and better, it's fine. 
Yeah, yeah, absolutely. Let's move on to the next player. As we said, like maybe hanging on for players too long, maybe talking about ex-players. And, and here we go with another ex-Spurs player, which oh. Andre's nicely put, brought into this subject. So we then go back off on a tangent and talk about Townsend and Deli Ali. I absolutely appreciate that, Andre. <laughs> but listen, over to you, mate. All right, thank you. Well, I will say, before everyone starts saying, where's Damari Gray... It, he's at the moment he he might play or he might not play Calvert Lewin the same thing um, but we'll talk about injuries in a little bit for them uh, so Townsend he's actually at their moment their uh, their top scorer he wow. hasn't been as consistent at the moment but he has uh, seven goals and four assists from twenty four matches he has one goal and one assist from his last five matches seventy nine percent completed passes fifty six percent tackle success. So, you know, I would say most people would say don't worry about him, but he he has some good goals under his belt, and he comes out of nowhere. If you guys remember that goal against Man City, oh that one, oh man, Amazing. yeah. So I I would I put him to look out for him just because he's the top scorer, and mm. mainly because the other two players that I mentioned earlier, right before talking about Townsend, might not be playing or they might come off the bench. So if this guy's starting, we need to keep an eye on him because uh, he just he has his moments like Lucas. He has his moments of brilliance and, uh, you know, could hurt us. And I'm not saying that Lucas and Townsend are same. <laughs> just putting that there. But, yeah, there you go. Over That's to you, Jack. What are your thoughts on Townsend? Um, Townsend, you know what? I think if we're talking about Lucas Moura being inconsistent, I think Townsend is Exactly inconsistent. I think with Townsend, he has got a bit of magic. I think, I hope you haven't got this wrong, but he's one of the left foot. He's, oh, it's unbelievable. The way he cuts in, he's very one-footed, but he can score from anywhere. Like you've seen, some of his best goals, like most of his goals have been absolutely fantastic strikes. I remember when he scored a hat-trick for us in the FA Cup. You can see he has glimpses of brilliance, Townsend, and I don't think he's a terrible player. And I think he's probably done quite a good job at Everton this season because he has that experience. And he and he has that uh, still has quality, um, but I do think his career is petering off. Uh, like you say, he's starting doing talk sport interviews now, along with Jack Wilshere. Clearly, don't see their uh, careers pro- progressing too far. Um, what do you mean, Jack Wilshere is in in the dizzy heights of the Danish? League, oh, well, I do apologise. Did you see that clip the other day of him hitting the post? Classic. Slayton Spurs, and he went join us, but mate, can't get into the Danish league. So I think you should focus on uh, your football more than Slayton Tottenham. But, Listen, um, I really enjoyed no. him alongside Andy Goldstein and Darren Ben. You know, two absolutely great football pundits as well. He's got to be said. I mean, they've been producing some great content on Talksport, and Jack Wilshire really does, you know, add to that with his monotone voice and just uh, it makes me want to go to sleep. And do you know what? Something about Jack Wilshire. Again, we're going off on a tangent. Uh, one of the last games I saw at White Lane was Tottenham v Bournemouth in 2017, and Jack Wilshire was playing for Bournemouth, and someone broke his leg, and. It was the biggest cheer of the whole game, 4-0. Oh, no. And the biggest no. cheer was Jack Wilshere's leg snapping. And I absolutely loved it. It was one of the best moments ever. But anyway, Jack, that was a tangent. <laughs> and uh, over to you, Jack Wilshere. Right. Yeah. yeah, to be fair, enough of Jack um, Wilshere. Let's not uh, focus on him too much. We've got a lot better things to talk about. He's in the past now, mate. Let's be honest. Take your money at TalkSport. But um, Andrews Townsend, like you say, I think he's got that moment of magic. I think he's a good player. Don't ever think he's going to be a great player as he just doesn't have that consistency to his game. He's not a fantastic footballer. And I don't think he should be one of the main players we're worried about tomorrow. But like you say, he's playing an old club. If knowing us, he could turn up. 
But one player I'm going to add, I don't know, I hope I'm not skipping the boat here, but a player that I've always rated, and I think it's a questionable shout, is Demai Gray. I think he's someone who actually has got that magic, and I think he's got the agility, the skill to, to have a big game uh, if he is playing tomorrow. Um, but Andrew yeah. Townsend, got to be honest, good player, but not one I, I should be too worried about. Well, like I said at the beginning, um, I do... Uh, if it wasn't for the fact that both Damari Gray and Calvert-Lewin are questionable at the moment, they would have made this yeah. list. Yeah. Demar, uh, Demari Gray, uh, when he was at Leicester, uh, I remember, I think he cut in uh, and, and then scored a fantastic goal against Manchester United. When I watch him, I, I like to watch players who get me excited, get me thinking, wow, they can get a goal out of nothing. And I've always thought Damari Gray's had that, even when he was at Birmingham, I think. He was a hot, young, uh, talented player and one that a lot of people were excited to see. And when Leicester got him, I was thinking, oh, I would have done with him at Spurs. And I think there's a few deadline days. I don't know if you remember James or Andre, where we were like, oh, Tottenham might put in a bid for Andre Gray. Mm. Um, Andre Gray? Demar Gray. Andre, Andre Gray. Gray. Well, the uh, no, definitely not him. I can assure you of that. Um, <laughs> but yeah, no, I do I do think he's a talented player and one that um, I wouldn't have, in the past, I think we've got to move on now, that I wouldn't have been uh, too disappointed if Tottenham signed. Okay. Mm. Okay, okay nice, makes sense. Nice. Uh, and just to, to continue on what you were saying, uh, Demari Gray at the moment, he uh, he has 25 matches, six goals, three assists. So he's actually the second top scorer for Everton at the moment. Um, so definitely, if he does start, keep an eye on him. Yes, but again, um, that is the only re- the only reason he's not on here is because he's very questionable because he was sick earlier in the week. But if he does play... Him, James. Oh, sorry, Andre. No, I was gonna say if he does play though, don't even worry about Townsend. Worry about the worry about Gray. <laughs> do I, do, who do I rate Town, Townsend or Gray? Yeah, no, yeah. Who would you have, Townsend or Gray? Do you are you a fan of Gray yourself? Tomorrow, Gray is a decent little player, but listen, I don't think he's really hit the ground running at Everton. He scored that amazing goal against Arsenal, so yeah, you know, top tier player for banging one in the top bins against Arsenal in the last minute. Yeah. But listen, yeah, Tomorrow, Gray, I. Oh, did he freeze? Oh, I'm not sure. I think he might have done. Um, I so. Oh, he's back. He's back. I think he's back. Well, I just, I just decided to, uh, you know, I think it's because I said the swear word Arsenal. Um, <laughs> Must have been. Demari Gray, yeah, top player, bags of speed, bags of agility. Um, you know, can hit a ball as well. Maybe he's got that inconsistent side to him, but I do think he's an exciting player. I do think he's miles yeah. above Townsend. So, who would you have? Who would you be more worried of? Well, Townsend or Gray? Yeah. Uh, Townsend, uh, if you were playing FIFA, I'd put the controller down. I don't think that guy's going to do anything anymore. I think he's <laughs> oh, don't player. say that. Um, don't clip it tomorrow, please. No, listen, you can remember it. One hour, five minutes. I will not be coming back from Tottenham with Townsend scoring. And if it does happen, I'm probably going to be clipped throughout the whole internet. I just don't <laughs> think Townsend, I think he's ready to get his walking stick. I think he's a pretty finished player. Um, yeah, he might be their top scorer, but also Everton having one of their worst seasons in years. And thanks to yeah. Rafa Benitez, the agent himself from Liverpool. Absolutely fantastic scenes over at Goodison. And stop crying, Frank Lampard. will be ringing around White Hart Lane tomorrow. And I cannot wait to get the popcorn out and join in on that one. Um, but listen, oh let's, let's go to this bonus player. Let's go to this bonus player before I do get clipped for tomorrow. Um, your question is ludicrous, says Gagetta. Lo, don't embarrass yourself. I supported this club for 14 and 15 years and haven't seen us win anything. I watch pre-season games and anything to do with Spurs. All right, sorry. <clears throat> There's a bit of an argument in the chat. Your question is ludicrous. Listen, Gaguerre, Favoli, we respect you both for being in the chat. Some of you have been in here, you know, for a long time. Please get on. Please, you know, 
obviously have a debate. We've had a debate We're today. I, I, I thought I was going to throw my uh, Pepsi Max can at, at the screen when uh, Andre and uh, you know Jack started <laughs> saying about Emerson. But listen, we're all Spurs fans here. We all have an opinion. Please be nice to each other. This is a community where we like to get on and support each other. So I do not want any arguing in the chat. And that is for sure. And now we go on to this bonus player, Andre, which I think you put in here for a little bit of a meme reason. Oh, here we are. <laughs> of course, it's the elephant in the room. It's Deli Ali, everybody. Um, of course, we have to talk about Deli Ali. He just left. And what everyone I'm hearing in the Twitter sphere that watch him score a banger against Tottenham. Please stop. Don't talk like that. Yeah, don't talk like that. Oh my god, that would just yeah. be that would just be crazy that he comes in and uh, scores a worldie against us. Uh, at yeah, the moment, yeah. though, he's got four four matches. Uh, has not played ninety minutes in any of them. Uh, usually, oh really? Off- I thought he played ninety minutes. He looks like he's put on a right sweat there. Sorry, I thought he must have played ninety minutes. Maybe he came on for ten minutes after his TikTok shoot. Carry on, Andre. <laughs> And actually, his uh, the amount of minutes he's played has dwindled each game. He started playing around, mm-hmm. I think he played a, a good second half, and then after that it went to 20, then 19, then 18 minutes. So I don't know what's going on with uh, Deli Alli. I don't know if Lampard's not liking what he's seeing in training, although from what we've heard, obviously he's lazy in training. Um, so I don't know. But again, we have to at least bring him up. We can't be a Spurs-related podcast and not bring up a player who just left the club who might start or come off the bench. And let's not forget, he was a great player for the club, and I don't want to um, talk about it too much, but he was a fantastic player on his day. Obviously, we don't know if he's going to ever rediscover that form, but I think what he did for us in peak Pochettino years, he was fantastic. Look, he was the first before Lampard and Beckham to reach 50 Premier League goals. He was unbelievable, and I want to give full credit to Deli Ali because I loved watching him link up with Harry Kane. Two goals against Chelsea at home, and then also against the uh, not battle of the bridge um, when we beat them uh, at Stamford Bridge for the first time in 19 years or whatever it was. Um, I think he was fantastic, and I just it's a shame to see where he's come from. But I want to say full credit to Deli Ali. I loved watching you, but it's time to move on. <laughs> yeah, I love it, love it. Uh, guys, saying I love Lucas, loves the club. Uh, I love how Lucas loves the club. He wears his heart on his sleeve and does give his all. Just think we need to look at the past, past him now to progress as a club, Ellie. Um, Ellie's also saying, Gagetta, I've supported Spurs for 59 years and played for Spurs ladies. And I love Spurs with all my heart. Born and bred in Tottenham. That's why I love Lucas, because he loves Spurs too and gives his all. Big up, Ellie. Uh, you know, ex-Spurs player as well in the chat. What, what an absolute honour that is as Love well. Um, we have two ex-Spurs boys, Townsend and Delhi, to face tomorrow if they both start. And also, I'm just going up a little bit more and uh, I can't find the comment now. Uh, someone put, oh, here it is. Uh, Bodril says, what happened to Siggy? What if we have three ex-Spurs players playing against us? Uh, Bodril, uh, Sigurdsson now plays for Prison FC, uh, along with Benjamin Mendy um, and Mason Greenwood. Um, and and like Agueta said, we don't talk about that round here. So, um, yeah, I, I don't know if you haven't seen the news on that one, but Sigurdsson, um, you know, let's just say he wasn't interested in football recently. Um, Ellie's <laughs> saying, I'm not respect disrespecting you. I'm pr- proud to debate any issues and defending the player. I respect your opinion. And that's why we all respect the opinion. And, of nice. course, Alex Hilton's in here saying stake. That is his normal entrance. And that is just a normal thing for Alex Hilton to do. But, listen, I think that tops off the Deli Ali thing. I will say one more thing. Townsend's not scoring tomorrow. Deli Ali's not scoring tomorrow. Um, Spurs are going to win 
and this is time to quickly go through the head-to-head records. And Andre, stop covering your mouth as if I'm going to curse something. You know, no, I just. It's just because uh, I feel like you might have just clipped yourselves there. Watch, watch all those. No, things. James, I've got full faith in you. Don't you worry. Ellie Ali's not going to score. Andros Townsend's not going to score. The only player I could see scoring for Everton is the B Tech Neymar himself for Charleston. Um, and 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 other than that, I think we'll be fine. I think we will win the game two one. I'm getting my score prediction in early. I've I've kind of jumped the gun there, but actually let's go through the head to head record very quickly um, between Tottenham and Everton. In Monday night football itself, and listen, it's going to be an interesting one. There is always goals in this game. And as we can see from the last five between Tottenham and Everton, I say goals, it was nil-nil at Goodison Park <laughs> at the end Conte of last game. year. So forget about that one. That was Conte's first game. You're spot on, Jack. Then two all in 2021 uh, in, the Premier, in the Premier League. Uh, Kane got the brace and Sigurdsson got a brace. And listen, Sigurdsson won't be uh, needing to be worried about to, uh, tomorrow. Everton 5, Tottenham 4 in the FA Cup in 2021. Whoa, crazy Sanchez, game. GPS Sanchez scored a brace. Um, 1-0 Everton in 2020 at the Tottenham Hotspur Stadium. Calvert-Lewin with a 1-0. I believe that was over lockdown. Um, and then Tottenham 1-0. Uh, Michael Keane own goal. Um with the win on that one. But there's always goals in Spurs, Everton. 6-2 in 2018 uh, at Goodison. Wow. 2-all, uh, the, the game after that. 1-all, 5-4, 2-all. There is goals in Spurs, Everton. I, I, I really, I really do think there will be goals. But listen, we're going to go with the standing. Spurs are sitting in 7th on 42 points. Everton are sitting 17th on 22 points. One point above the drop zone. Then this, this is the calibre of opponent we're playing tomorrow. And Everton, away from home. Lost their last three away from home. Norwich 2-1, Newcastle 3-1 and Southampton 2-0. All teams in the bottom half of the table. And Tottenham, obviously at home, lost their last two against Wolves and Southampton. But beat Brighton 3-1, lost to Chelsea 1-0 and then beat Morecambe 3-1 in our last five games. And obviously, our last game was against Middlesbrough. We don't need to go on about that. But listen, after those head-to-head records, guys, what are your thoughts? What are your score predictions? Guys, it's now your time to put your score predictions in the chat and we'll get to them. There's still 20 of you across all platforms. Big yourselves up. Andre, Jack, what are your thoughts for tomorrow after reading out those head-to-heads? And do you are you confident? Uh, Andre's still one. thinking. Oh, Andre's... Go Andre's 2-1. Okay, let's hear it. 2-1. I think it's... Uh, I think it's going to be a tight game. I think that Ducure and even Van de Beek will bring something new to Everton. Um, and it's going to be a midfield battle more than anything. Uh, I think both the defense in both Everton and Tottenham is not very good. So it will be more of a sitting back type of game, trying their best to sort of not allow any of the speedy players like Sun or like Richarlison to get through. But in general, I do think we will have the sort of what we'll get we'll get it over the line on this one. I think that our front three are much better than the Everton's uh front players. So two one for me. Got you two one. Two one I love it. Two one. Um I was gonna go over to Jack, but uh Jack's turned into a white circle uh with a white avatar. So I'm gonna go through what the chat think, give my one and then we'll finish off on Jack's prediction um 
Bobby Kay's going for a 2-0 Spurs. Larice to make 22 saves. <laughs> Love it, Bobby Kay. Fodrell's going for a 2-1 Spurs with Andre saying we'll win. But a uh, lot of finger biting on the Everton set pieces. Yeah. I would agree on that one. I uh, genuinely don't believe we will win this one. I say one all, says Neil Willi- uh, Williams. Neil, uh, you know, love love the uh, love the realism on that one. Uh, Tuppy was saying uh, that's Ali. Uh, he's still shit. Um, and Neil Williams saying uh, uh, no, sorry, Hilton saying to uh, Neil Williams that uh, it's not it's 70, 2017 because we know Delhi Ali is going to come back and haunt us. Uh, Alex Hilton's going for a three 0 Spurs and Don Bele should join Lampard because he's fat as well. <laughs> oh, <laughs> so that, that comment got to me when he said that. Um, I'm clocking out, boys. Great discussion as always. Up the Spurs as always. It's the Tottenham boys making all the noise everywhere we go. 2 0 win for us, says Gagea. Big yourself up, Gagea. Thanks for your talking points tonight, mate. A pleasure as always. Thanks for sticking through the whole hour and 15. But, guys, if you any of you have got other score predictions, please put them in the chat. But it's over to my one. It's over to my one. I am going for a 2 1 Spurs as well. I said it before, Andre said it. 2 1 Spurs. Um, I think it will be a, a, a sort of um, early goal from us. Then we'll probably sit back, kind of been back to the whole Mourinho kind of uh, game where, well, maybe also the Conte game where we're playing too much counter-attack in football. We'll concede a silly goal. Maybe Richarlison, the B-Tech, Neymar will score. And then I think Harry Class A, Kane will score and we will win 2-1. And it will be an important three points going into the battle at Old Trafford. I just see it. I really do see it. Um, I just think 2-1 is no excuses tomorrow. You know, Everton are 17th. We have to be strong favourites going into this and we have to prove we're strong favourites. We have to play them off the park, attack aggressively early, not sit back. It's very, very important not to sit back in this one. Um, And that is the reason why I am going for a 2-1 Spurs win tomorrow night. Ellie's gone for a 3 Hello. Hello, Jack. (laughs) Guys, can you hear me? Yes, hello, mate. How you doing? <laughs> he can't hear us. No, I don't think he can hear us. That's okay. 3-1 Spurs. <laughs> what a shame. I wanted his score prediction. Um, oh, yeah. Hello. <laughs> Jack's having a shock. Uh, oh, fear man. comedy at the end. Listen. 3-1. Uh, <laughs> <laughs> hello. Says Ellie. <laughs> Jack. Guys, can you hear me? <laughs> yes, mate. Yes. I think I had a shock. You can hear me. I can't hear you. Oh, oh no. Okay. Apologies, guys. My AirPods have cut out. And then I've gone to get another pair, and now I can't hear you guys. But I must say, if you can't hear me, or you can hear me, it's been we a pleasure to be on. So I do apologise. But I will give my score prediction. Thank yeah. you, Andre, for in the chat. And I am going to go with, let's go for it, 3-0 Tottenham. I'm going to go with a brace from Harry Kane. And I also think Kulevsky is going to score. Um, so, yeah, I think we've got to turn up tomorrow. I think... Donny, I'm just going to quickly say, I think Donny van der Beek is going to be a strong player tomorrow to look out for. And I also think Anthony Gordon is a player to look out for. Also, to end, because I can't hear you guys, it's been a pleasure to be on. Come on, you Spurs. Let's turn up tomorrow and back the boys. Come on, you Spurs. Big up, Jack. Big up, Jack. Get your, get your love in for Jack in the chat, guys. He has been an absolute diamond. Can't even hear us at the end for the effect. Absolute scenes. He, we could be saying anything about the guy right now, and he hasn't got yeah. an absolute clue. Bobby K saying, good, good show, lads. Vodrell saying, big up, James and Andre uh, and Jack. Um, 
Richarlison, he flops where he wants. I'm seriously hoping Winks won't play. He's seriously, seriously bad. Um, <laughs> end, I love yeah. Spurs, okay. but uh, we might lose again, says Tafiwa. The, these so-called small teams. Bodrell's going with a coys. Um, Jack's gone for 3-1, did he say? Andre's gone for 2-1. I've gone 2-1. We're going to win tomorrow for the Spurs, boys. Up the Spurs. You've been great. Spurs Relatables, please hit that like button. Please subscribe. Big up, Jack, for joining. Big up on Come you, as always. Jack hasn't got a clue what's going on. But anyway, guys, absolute pleasure as always. Thanks so much for joining. Thanks so much for sticking in the chat. And we'll be back tomorrow for the review. Actually, we won't because I'll be at the game unless Andre wants to do one. So keep an eye on the community section. And guys, you never know. We might be live tomorrow, but it might not be the, the, uh, the, the, the familiar faces but guys all the best have a great Sunday evening and cheerio forgot to get in the you Spurs Andre wants to say as well I know it okay <laughs> Come on, you Spurs! <laughs>